anything I say now is for, it's not just for those who are members of London alone or UK alone, but every CFT Global. This is an apostolic prophetic church. And let me say this, that I can say, and you can agree with me, that that is what we are. If not, myself, whom Jesus appeared to February 1984, and sent the commission of this house, I would never be able to have operated in the office of an apostle and in prophetic office. So, for God to give me the grace to operate in both offices, an office of a seer at some time, that validates that this church is a prophetic and apostolic church. Let me tell you what about prophetic church. If you look at, just write this down. If you look at the book of Ephesians chapter 4, you will see from verse 1 down. It talks to you about that. It is the church where the gift of God is given. If you go to 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 12, from verse 7 to 12, you will find it. It is a church where apostles are birthed, like in the book of Acts chapter 10, in the church of Antioch. It is a church where prophets are birthed. It is a church where evangelists are birthed. It is a church where teachers are raised. It is a church where, you know, pastors are raised. So, it is a church that is complete and holistic. I will together now. So, now, this is it. Anyone who identifies with this family, alright, you come under the umbrella to manifest whatever God puts inside you. It is not a church that is threatened because a member is manifesting grace. No, a church that wants members to manifest. Remember... In the book of Acts chapter 13, it says in the church of Antioch were prophets and teachers. But they were all in the church. They didn't start prophetic ministry or pastoral or teachers ministry. Prophets were there. They didn't go about prophesying to people and collecting money. They were in the church in Antioch. But when the due time came, the Holy Ghost said, separate for me Paul and Barnabas. So, a prophetic and apostolic church is a church that launches people out. By the Holy Spirit. None of them failed. Nobody who was launched out failed. So CFT will never launch out a church and it fails. Impossible. They will never send out a gift and that gift does not manifest. Impossible. They remain in their Antioch until they are fully baked and fully formed. They did not go out thought, I think God is calling me. No, no, you don't think. He has to speak. If you think for God and you jump into ministry, God will show you that you will struggle until you die. Really what God assigned for you will be laying fallow. Because those of us that God called, like myself, when God called us, we refuse to go and do the job. We love to do the work like any one of you have careers. and be Just, be, just let me do my career and prosper. And when the Lord said, go, I was looking for a church to come under. Who? Who? Even I considered Anglican church. After considering all the churches served in Baptist church for some years, served in, in CAC for many years, then served in Baptist church for many years, under his, a leadership of a pastor until I was kicked out. And when I was kicked out, I said to the Lord that, Lord, what will I do now? I know you have appeared to me. You showed me that church and I went there. Alright? Now, what do I do? So I went to seven days and praying and fasting, and the Lord told me, and I said, can I go to Anglican church? 
Because at least at, at that time, Bishop George Curry was the, uh, was the Anglican bishop. And myself and my pastor were praying for him when he was to be uh, appointed, you know, as, as, the, as the archbishop. Because the guy is filled with the Holy Ghost. We were praying for him. And then suddenly the Lord said to me, go and start the work. And I told the Lord, but I don't know how to, to single-handedly start a church and manage the church. And he said to me, I will build my church and the gates of hell cannot prevail. The people who started with me in Christ at Tabernacle, they were not people that I pulled out by rebellion in the church. No. No. Every one of them were fruit of my labor. I would mean that. And you are witnesses today. Reason why we are successful. We are successful, no, I'm not talking in terms of money. A successful minister is a minister who continues to hear from God. That's a successful minister. Because he says, I will teach you the way you should go. I will counsel you. When you hear from God and you do what you hear, it gives you the greatest fulfillment on, on earth. I can't be lack of money. No, 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 no. If this church has a need, I talk to the one who sent me. The money he did not give us, we don't spend. I can live in the palace today. He can say to me, if he doesn't provide money for the palace, I go and live in a room. I don't care where I live. Those of us who are sent, who have encounters of him, the things of this world don't matter. But I have seen my mansion in heaven. He has taken me there while I'm still on earth. He's not just going to build it. I told you yesterday when I was prophesying over you, I said some things. Go and listen to the tape. Those of you were not there. When the Lord took me to heaven one day, and that the first time I had the opportunity to stand in the presence of the Father. The first time I encountered the Father, I told you yesterday what happened. And the Lord took me by the Spirit to that encounter when I began to prophesy over you. Check every detail of what I told you. He told me, the one who made heaven and earth told me with his own mouth and said, repeat this after me. After he had finished with me, bathe me in the, in the living water. It's in heaven. It exists. They drop you in that water. The water will go through your nose and your eyes everywhere, but you are not choking in it. It purifies you. It gives you such a shooting. Anyone dipped in it cannot come out with a stain. He's in heaven. You must make heaven whatever it costs. What I am on earth, it is he who made it. No man can be what he did not make it. Understand me. I was saying that in the church of Antioch, we are prophets and teachers, but we were in the church. Until the Holy Ghost, until the Holy Ghost say, Christ with tabernacle, you are 31. Hearken to the voice that speaks through my lips. It gives fulfillment to humanity. An eternal fulfillment in eternity after life. Listen to me, therefore. Today being the last day of the, of the, of the convention, my intention is just to take you through a summary of what God said. The prophetic word God gave me for CFT for 31st year anniversary. Look at the book of, of Revelations. Revelations chapter 3. You know, the Lord told me some weeks ago that I should uh, hold meetings with your, the branch churches. And I have shared this with them. 
This is what God said to you in this year. And those, as many of you who have been in the program from Monday, you will affirm what God said, that he did it this week. What did he say? Verse 7. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia rise. These are the words of him who is holy and what? True. Who holds the key of David? What he opens, no one can shut. Listen to this. He told me to tell you this. What he, the Almighty, opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. This is your God. And the second verse, it says, the prophetic to you. I have seen your deeds. God told me to tell Christ with Abanaku, over the years, I've seen your deeds. See now, because of your deeds, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. The Lord said to me to tell you, God has placed before you an open door. Thank you for that. I said God had placed before you an open door. <laughs> yes, I expect your spirit to catch it. I say again that God had placed before me an open door. What about you? I can't hear your voice. Up there, I can't hear you. Yes, he has. With your mouth, you destroy your destiny. Your mouth is a function of your decision. And what your mouth says is informed decision. It's different from decision. It's informed decision. Listen to me. God has placed before us in this week, open door. Tell me what you need from God that he did not manifest in this week. Tell me. Tell me. Each day this week, I did not have agenda. Come in, ask God, what is for today? When I was looking, seeking God for the topic for the week, for evening, he says, it's a power encounter with Jesus. So when he said power encounter with Jesus a few days, I asked the Lord that, but I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. He said, yes, when you talk about power encounter with Jesus, you will talk about the Holy Spirit. Then he said to me that Saturday will be a prophetic night. And each time I came to your miss, I spent just a few minutes up there seeking his face. What shall I share with them? And it is in that place that he tells me all what I've shared with you. Some of those things that he told me that I ministered among you, God spoke to me just within five minutes. The volumes that you had. Sometimes he spoke with me one of the time for about 30 minutes. But yesterday he did not speak to me. And so from morning I've been seeking him. When you say prophetic, prophetic, Lord, what are you going to say? He didn't answer me. And when we came up, I began to ask the Lord that this is strange. You can't enter into prophetic <laughs> by your senses. You know, prophetic just don't come because somebody ate belly full. And I'm sure that the Lord was looking at me that, do you not understand it? Is it not when the Spirit of God come upon mortal man that they function? But as a human, I was worried for you. Because I wanted to preach and teach you something before beginning to pray and see what he would say. But the Lord didn't tell me anything. So when I was coming down, I was saying that, Lord, I can't teach today. Because he didn't give me anything to teach. As I came to the pulpit, 
my mouth opened up and I said, the Lord said tonight is prophetic. So when you say it, then you are bound. Isn't it? Because everybody expects it. And then my sanity came to me that when you want to enter into God's region, you first have to be strong in God himself. And so we started to pray. And I was praying in tongues, speaking in tongues all over the place, worshipping in tongues and stuff, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And then doors were open. And the height the Lord took me yesterday was a height of seeing and speaking. I see first what I see and I say them. I see first what I see and I say them. And if you watch that video again, that's where you will understand the presence that was here. Some of you caught yesterday. We came to the high side. For, for, since the Lord Jesus appeared to me in 1984, I have seen so many miracles happen in my ministry. Especially when I was doing my crusade in CSU Low Street, 87, 88. Among you, I've seen so many miracles happen. In my crusade in, in, in Cote d'Ivoire, my crusade in Cameroon, in Nigeria, I've seen so many things happen. India, however, the height the Lord brought us yesterday, we have never reached it. Go watch it. I myself have to sit down to now listen to it. It was a height that I was seeing and I was speaking. The height I've tried before was I speak without understanding, without knowing what I'm saying. I'm hearing as you are hearing. All the prophecies God gave me about the plague, the prophecies God gave me about, uh, you know, the global sin and all stuff, I speak them as you are hearing. That's spontaneous unction and speaking. But yesterday was different. I was taken to the region where I'm seeing as I'm speaking. So what I see, I can describe it. If my words miss it, that is not well described, I will re-describe it because I can see what I'm saying. And I believe very much that as God had promised, he had opened doors for CFT. Look at the teachings that we have taken you through in the week. I will end up this message with it. So that some of you who were not privy, maybe you went to work and stuff, I will take you through. You know, this, this year, Apostle was the only guest minister. Isn't it? Day and night. And then we invited another guest minister in economics. Who came on Saturday. And strange enough... Everything God told us, he was reaffirming them. And the one God said, no economist shall know, he said it as an economist. He said that he is the foremost economist, and yet he does not know the solution, as God said to us for years. So I discovered therefore that God did not only bring him to seal the things I've been teaching you, because that man focused on the impact, what will happen, what is happening, and what may happen. But I focused on, in this situation, these last days, that you have vulgar, that is vulnerable, volatile, uncertain, all right, complex, ambiguous. You have situations that hit the nation and the intelligence of professors fail them. They have to go back to drawing board to look at the context for them to devise solution. Really obsolating the old procedure, which means departure from none, which we looked at in the week very detailed, detailed. So that they can enter into the realm of innovation, displaying and demonstrating all what I've told you in the week, about authentic leadership and leadership with purpose. A life without a purpose is a bankrupt life. And I showed you in the Bible. So, those who have attended the day, by the time you came to Professor um, Nils, what happened is, you are able to now recognize, oh yes, this detail, this detail, this detail, I can apply it now. 
Because this man has said this is going to happen as an economist is correct, it's going to happen. He says this is what is happening now, translate the situation now and translate what is going to happen. Then, from what I've been taught, I can build on this, I can build on this, I can build on this, and I'll be able to make it. In this, in this season that we are, believers need knowledge. And one of the things I did for every one of you is this. This knowledge is intellectual, but I was able to help you see them in Christ. And in the church of the living God, the biggest company, biggest company ever established is the company of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is called the church of the living God, the pillar and the foundation of truth. It has lasted over 2,000 years. And it's not going nowhere. It will last till eternity. Any businessman that can understand what I'm telling you, you can take a little business that started from, from you know, soul traders, into a PLC. In no time. In no time. If you are working in any organization, you can rise, rise, you can rise in that organization and remain there to become the chief executive. In no time. I give you 10 years program, maximum 15 years, if you understood what I taught you. You know, your prayer succeed. You are given tools into your hand that you can implement in your practical life to succeed. Even marriage, for marriage to succeed, everything you need for success in marriage, I gave it to you. For you to succeed in any vision that God gave you, you saw that the people who God called had those templates, which the world in academics are just discovering. Even Solomon, Moses, you can find those things in them. And so, therefore, when the Lord said to us, in that book of Revelations, chapter 3, verse 8, when he says, I know your deeds, see, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. God knew. He has placed before us in this house. He has given you the spiritual power and he has given you the intellectual knowledge. What can stop you? What can stop you? A lot of Christians fail because they lack intellectual knowledge and they blame demons for it. That's why they never get out of it until they die. Can see somebody who said that it's in spiritual warfare from beginning for 10 years, 15 years, still in spiritual warfare. You ask him, others have left you here and they have gone higher. You are still in one place saying you are spiritual warfare. Because they lack knowledge. The Bible says my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. I will get now. So, you have been armed how to thrive in interview, how to control your interview, that your interviewers cannot let you go. I taught you everything in details. The things you need to know, the things you need to do. You will go to interview, be the most preferred. You will only be telling them that I've seen a better job, not receive. I am sorry. Why should a prayer, a prayer person not succeed in life when God said so many promises in the Bible that whatever you lay hands on will succeed? Why do you fail? It's not demons. It's lack of knowledge. It's lack of knowledge. If you are so charismatic that you can pray and you are so, so ignorant about the practical intellectual things you need to do, you will fail. And God can help you because God is the, is the, is the source of the knowledge. We will look at one character today before I stop. But I want to take you through. So, doors have been opened to you. Look at verse 9. It says, I will make those who are synagogue of Satan. Understand this. This is expectation. Those who are synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews, though they are not, but are liars, I will make them come and fall, fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. 
the Lord told me to tell you, and I've said this again, God, God just reminded us, there's going to be a, a judgment of God upon the church of the living God. Many churches will shut down. Many pastors will become jobless. People will leave churches. Watch it from this year. People will leave. You see big congregation people just leave because those congregations that are based on lying to people, the people God will blow a wind and their eyes will be open. They will recognize that, look, we have, we have been in this line for too long. Where is the truth? And the wind will blow them to where the truth is. According to the book of Isaiah chapter 2 verse 2 to, to 4. It's not demons. Demons have no issue with the church because Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of it cannot prevail against it. If anybody says that, oh, you know, I heard a minister said to me that, you know, you know, um, uh, when they bring people in, Satan opened the back door for them to go. I said, you are talking nonsense. <laughs> Who has the key to the church? If the key to your own back door church is Satan, then you should resign as a pastor. They should, they should, they should send you away. Because that God that you have is not the God of the Bible. He said in the Bible, I will build my church, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. So for a minister to be saying that, oh, demons are fighting me over the church, yeah, this is happening, nonsense. Nonsense. It is out of sense. It is just something that did not exist. It is like calling plastic wood. Even worse than that. Press the plastic bottle. No, I can't press it because it is iron. Plastic bottle, you are holding it. Press it. No, it's too hard to press. It is iron. So foolish is a person who says that demons is, 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 is reducing membership in church or demons is stopping the church. Stop with church. Stop with church. If demons stop the church, then the CEO should resign. A company that cannot be taken forward... Who, who, who pays the price? This, if the pres, prime minister, look, let me tell you, look at um, um, uh, uh, Scotland now. They are telling the prime minister to resign. Because of what? He broke the rule. She broke the rule, they said. She had to come and prove to them that she didn't break the rule. Because if it's established that she broke the rule, she's gone. He's automatically resigned. The same thing with our prime minister. If our prime minister is found out to have misled this country, he will not spend one night there. So how can a minister find himself misleading the, the church and he still remain a minister? God will remove him. God will remove him. But you, who preach righteousness, anywhere in the world, listen to me. God in this season will make those who are synagogue of Satan. These are ministers in camouflage. People who believe that preaching the gospel is a means for financial gain and exploit human beings who claim to be Jews, they claim to be Christian, though they are not, but are liars. I will make them, says the Lord, come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Some of them, after God has stripped them of all these things that they rely upon and they have nothing to milk anymore, they will look for a, a, a church where the truth is preached and become members there. They will fall down. Get ready for it, everyone who is connected to me under heaven and preach the truth. Get ready for this to happen. When they come, don't drive them away because they will come. So we come with the, together with the members under them. He says in verse 10, since you have kept my, my command and endured patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come upon the whole world to test those who live on the earth. You know, Professor... Um, Ellis, yesterday, Joe Ellis, he said that 
Yeah, Joe Ellis. Is it not Ellis? LL. Nellis, yes. Nellis. Sorry, pardon me. It's good to know the name because that is, is very necessary. He said something yesterday. I'm sure you caught it. He said, if any plague happen again, we are dead on earth. That's what he said. The world system will die. Economic system will die. You know, he told us about this economic curve, the V-shape, uh, you know, in recovery, the U-shape, and the L-shape. It will be even, it will be l and down. They haven't discovered that in economics. You know, L and then down. Eh? Why? <laughs> it will be Y, exactly. Y, down. But you know what he said? When he said it, uh, I pitied him and the world because the Lord said another plague is coming. Did you remember? But the Lord said, I will keep you in it. The one who kept you in the first one, we can say one. Because God had to collide with the reliance of the world, which is money. God had to bring the world to their knees. You know, this one that happened, some people ran to, to the Lord. People give their life to Christ a lot on the platform of prayer. But you see there now, they are relaxing because, you know, after the relax finish now. And then the vaccine was given by God so that people can, can be healed. Because he said he will afflict you and he will heal you when you cry to him. So, what's going to happen, what's going to happen is this. In about two, three years' time, you will see them celebrating Lucifer again. You will see council budgeting the money that we should use for human beings. Budgeting it to useless causes. Changing the, the, uh, the zebra crossing to the colors of what others detest. Under the name of, um, you know, equal rights. And then they will add more rights to the equal rights. To make it more unequal. And they will provoke God to anger. And the second plague, they will have no medicine for it. Listen to me. The only cure for it will be reliance on God. Anyone he seeks and he strikes is gone. There will not be time for gestation of this plague. That he catch somebody, then he will gestate for seven days. No, he catch him. Boom, 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 boom. Before sunset, he's gone. And people will go like that, severally across the globe, in a terrible way that the heart of men will melt and fill them. That is when they will recognize that some people that this plague avoided, Goshen will be repeated. And then they will recognize that there is a God in Goshen. That is the reason why the church of the living God today, now, should withdraw from lying and deception. And Christians should withdraw from easy believism. Anyone who serves him must serve him with his heart. You must serve him with your heart. So when he said that, I think I will still discuss that with him. That go and put it in your economic rook. Those who are going to be ruler, the next person who will rule in England... I will seek audience with him because God has told me, showed me, showed him to me about 10 years ago. I will have audience with him to warn him. It will be during his time. It will be so terrible. However, God said in this trial, he will rescue those who are believers. He will rescue those who are believers. Then he ended up by saying, I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no man will take your crown to you. To the saints of God listening to me across the globe. Hold to what you have. Let me tell you, apart from 
being intelligent, intellectually well informed in society, and knowing God well. Tell me another good thing that can be. Nothing. Nothing is pleasurable. Knowledge is good. Get it with what you have. If you have a career and you are solid in your career, you will not be afraid of joblessness. Because it cannot be your portion. When you are in a, in a, in a job, other companies will be asking you, please come over, please come over. That's where you must get to. And you will get there in Jesus' name. And if you are full of the Holy Spirit, what else? You have something called joy, not happiness. Joy can produce happiness. But happiness cannot produce joy. Hatchew of physical manifestation, something that you are doing now or you just have, and it's temporal. But the joy of the Lord produces strength. It is what emanates from the indwelling spirit of the Holy Spirit. That God of heaven lives in man. He produces joy. It, it manifests when there is nothing to manifest over. That's what Christian. One of the advantages of Christian to others, that's it. So listen to me, brethren. Jesus is coming soon. Hold on to what you have. And he ended up by saying, Him who overcome, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will he leave it. I love it. I will write on him the name of my God, that is you, and the name of the city of my God, hallelujah, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will also write on him my new name. Someone, somebody in the spirit somewhere, not here, but it's on the, those who are hearing me on the net, the, the net, said that, does this man mean demons don't attack Christians? I don't mean so. They do. But the Bible says that whoever attacks you will what? Surrender to you. This is chapter 28, verse 7. It says, they will run in one way. It says, they, they, will, they will come against you in one way. They will run in seven directions. Then, what about their weapon? In the book of Isaiah 54, he said, No weapon forged against you will prosper, and every tongue that rises against you in judgment shall be confused, condemned. They shall be condemned. When a person is condemned, he becomes a criminal, and they jail him, isn't it? He said, This is the inheritance of those who fear the Lord. So, what a believer needs to do is to fear God, not to, to use your head to try to say God is saying, Fear God, what is written there, do it in the Bible. Do your life according to what is written. Blessed is the man who works on the counsel of the wicked. Every wicked that you have as friends, send them away after this com- com- conference. You don't need them. They demean, they, demean, they devalue you. They derail you if you keep on with them. You don't have to, to be in communication with them. Sit in the seats of scoffers when people are scoffing. Pack your load. Tell them you are all scoffers and get out of that place. So that they will hate you. It's better for them to hate you and be loved by God than for you to sit down in their midst and be hated by God. Or study the ways of sinners. Don't conspire against people evil. But your will should be in the, in the word of God. In the word of God. I give you scriptures every day. Delight in it. And you make your way prosperous. I will not regret in life. You too will not. I, I started to say the same thing. I say I will not regret in life. Yeah, that's correct. It's not a prayer. It is an action. It's not your prayer that will make you not regret. It's your action. If I have a friend who derogates from the word of God, I will tell him from that day, you are not my friend anymore. I'm only friend with those who are friends of Jesus. People, I want to move with people who are, who are corrigible. I don't want to be the, the, the wise man in the company of fools. Because fools will negate, negate wisdom. It's a matter of time. 
When you put two metals together by induction, they will conduct and rub to one another. Silver and gold, they will just, you just begin to see gold in the silver and silver in the gold. I would mean now. I have no pleasure in anybody being my friend. Look at Apostle Williams. How many ministers do I know global? Name any one of them that you know is, is so popular. I know them. They know me. How many of them do you see on my pulpit? Some you see on my pulpit, you have not heard their names. They are one of the 7,000 who have not bowed to bow. And when they pass through, you will know God is passing through. One of them has said to me before, I want to come and preach in the cathedral. I said, no, you won't come here. No, 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 no. Because if you come, they, they come, your crowd will come with them. Really, the cathedral won't take their crowd. People have to be skewing all over the whole place. And then when the Lord will fulfill his covenant as we are now with CFT, they will say that it was their own crowd that brought, that brought the success. No man will say, by my power I made you rich. No, 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 no. The God of heaven will bring me those who want to go to heaven. Those who want to go to heaven, don't want to go to heaven, they remain in Christ with tabernacle. No matter how hard, how tough it is at the beginning, it will soon become a cocktail for you. That is the will of God. And then you will move on to cracking bones and we'll reach heaven together. Isn't that wonderful? Because time is very short today, that our ultimate aim is overcomers. He who overcomes. Let me take you through this. I will read it very fast. I've said that because, you know, during this week, some people are working and they are not privy to come to our meetings. I said that I will make every Sunday another day to teach you some of the principles that, you know, we, 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 that governs this house. You need to know. The motor of Christ with Tabernacle is trans one man, one person at a time. That is our motor. Transforming nations, one person at a time. This will be done into a booklet for you. Every member we will give to them. When we adopt membership, we give it to them. Because, let me say this to you, we discover that the only successful leadership style is, is let me say, principle first. Of all the principles of leadership, we deduced that the most successful leadership is the combination of servant leadership and transformational leadership principle. And I gave the combination of those two styles of leadership a name. Go and check your notes. I believe very much when it gets to the midst of intellectual, you start to develop this theory. So, however, having said that, we also understand that the style of leadership, which is different from principle, the style of leadership that is, that, is, that is needed now for you to be promoted in your office, for you to take your business from a, an acorn to become a PLC, all right? for you to succeed in your Christian journey before God, for you to succeed in your marriage, is to be an authentic leader. It is the authentic leadership uh, uh, you know, style and purpose-driven leadership. Really, in, in, in authentic leadership is purpose-driven leadership. That somebody who wakes up and has a purpose for living. You wake up, you don't have a purpose for living. That day is a miserable day for you. I will look detailed into what is purpose. How do you define your purpose from all your visions and aspirations and values and what you stand for? We did deal with that during the week. And your purpose 
changes depending on your circumstance. If you are in a work, your purpose has to align with the work purpose. If it does not, you can never see success there. And if you are a leader in a work, an authentic leader, all principles you need to know to be able to get all your staff to work in the purpose that you set for the company. I dealt with them this week. And if you are a company owner, all what you need to do to be able to get people who work with you to buy into your purpose so that if your purposes, if people have purposes in the midst of a purpose, it will crumble the vision. If everyone who works with you cannot change their purpose to your purpose in the, in the area that you are working, then it means that you will be wasting energy on people they will not produce. These things are practical things that hinder people from growing higher, from growing bigger. I would get that. So therefore, understand this. If you look at this scripture, this motto, transforming nations one, of, one person at a time. What do we need in an organization and in a church to transform or to fulfill our mission? Teamwork. Teamwork. And that teamwork can be translated into unity. Acts chapter 2 verse 44. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Teamwork. Unity. Anybody, that is, I'm talking about a body of people. Anybody of people that have a common value and a common purpose to achieve, if they have united in heart and mind, God said in the book of Genesis chapter 11 verse 6, nothing they decide to do will be impossible. They don't need money. Money will come. When there is bonded unity, all right, provision will come. This is what Satan used to scatter families. Husband and wife divided. So how can God bless it? When the Bible says how good and pleasant is it for brethren to come together in unity, it is like oil poured upon the head of Aaron, it flows to the color. So the book of Second Chronicles, chapter 30, verse 12, it says, Also in Judah, the hand of God was on the people to give them unity in mind. Second Chronicles 30, 12. Unity of mind is very, very essential. And it says, to carry out what the king and his officials has ordered. Every member of CFT, if you are listening to me, you come from another church, listen to me. You must be united as, a, as members to carry out the voice of your leader, the king. And the officials that he put in place. For Christ the Tabernacle, I am the general overseer. Mom is assistant general overseer. We have administrators in our ladder. Then we have ministers, pastors of various levels. Then we have elders. Then we have deacons. Then we have heads of departments. And then we have members of the department. Then we have the church. Look, the Bible helps us to know here that God, the hand of God upon it, people, stimulated unity of mind. So which means that a minister of God has one mandate to invoke the hand of God upon his people. How do you do that? By teaching the truth. Because the Bible says in the book of Mark, this verse is there, that and God, and they went about preaching the gospel, and that is 16, verse 20 or 21, something like that. Uh, 20 or 21. 
It says, and, uh, it says that, and they went about preaching the gospel, and the Lord walked with them with signs and wonders. He confirmed their Give me that scripture. The disciples went about, preached everywhere, and the Lord walked with them and confirmed the word. Because there was a team spirit. All right? Common purpose of preaching the gospel. And the Lord walked with them. What brought the, the disciples to do that? What brought the disciples to do that? Look at Matthew chapter, chapter 20, 28. Go to verse 20 of that Matthew 28 also. Very, very quickly. What made them? It says, let, let me read from verse, verse 19. And Jesus said, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then verse 20. And teaching them to obey all what I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. This is instruction from Jesus Christ. Now go to that mark. And let's see it. Then the disciples went out after hearing Jesus and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them. So, obey. Be, let me say this. This is the procedure. For any team to succeed in this, there must be a, a well-informed people. That is, whoever is the head must inform the people very well. Very well. You will see that, you know, maybe some other time we'll talk about that. Because I went through that in... in, uh, in um, when I was teaching you about purpose, uh, I, I would just let you, I would let you go through that. For people to be able to, 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 to succeed in such, they need to be well informed. Well informed. You need a people who, are, who have strategic clarity. That is the word. If you, don't, if you are a boss somewhere and those working with you don't have strategic clarity, everybody will be doing things that way they think. They will never succeed. If you look at this, for the church of God to invoke the hand of God, a pastor to invoke the hand of God upon his members, it is your teaching, your teaching, your teaching, because their heart must be connected to heaven for the hand of God to come upon them. And if you can get as many whose heart are connected to what you are teaching, they will have the hand of God upon them. They are the one in the midst of the church that will be united. And that's why you see people who want to do whatever they can, contribute whatever they can to make sure that the work is going forward. They will work with their hearts. Strategic clarity. Purpose must be cleared. So, God gave them unity of heart. And then, they carry out what the king <clears throat> has said and his officials. I have to stop this now in about 10 minutes. Following the word of the Lord. Did you see that? It is the word of the Lord that gave them clarity of vision. Acts chapter 4 verse 32. We are talking about unity. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his. His own. But they all shared everything in common. You see now the procedure. When people are united with God, then they will be united with one another. Are we together now? This is Christ's tabernacle for you. Do what I do, your company will grow. This is 31 years old company. We started in my house 31 years ago and now in some countries. Some countries. And we are not the one person in those countries. Some went from here to set up in the countries, but some went from the countries to come and affiliate and join the, the church totally. And we see many more from this year. Many more of you will be sent out by God from this year. I will talk to you about that maybe next Sunday. Therefore, what is your obligation as members? One, 
you need to ask yourself two questions. What are our values? If you go to any organization for you to, to be able to work successfully in that organization, you must first inquire, what are the values of this organization? Maybe some of your values is different from your value. Your culture has to change to their culture. Or else, you'll be like a pause in their body. The second thing you must ask yourself is, what are our expected behaviors and the right character to achieve these values? These are our values. But this is the way we're expected to behave. To be able to achieve the values. What I'm teaching you for Christ with Tabernacle, I'm teaching you for company as well. Taking a shareholder to become a PLC. What you cannot practice when you are a shareholder, it will be hard to continue it. Because it's <clears throat> what you practice becomes your culture. You know, when a company is going bankrupt, I didn't have time to teach you about that, but I said I would do a seminar on bankruptcy. And we'll look at that very detailed in the face of what happens, what causes bankruptcy, how do you determine bankruptcy, what are the tests to know that a company is bankrupt or is going to be insolvent, sorry, going to be insolvent and thereby become bankrupt. And what are the remedies? If a company is going to be insolvent and an administrator is assigned to the company, the job of an administrator is different from the job of liquidator. A liquidator is just to go and close it down. But an administrator is to look at the organization and then revamp it. And revamp it. So, the first thing that an administrator, one of the major things I need to first ask, that what the values, what is the culture of this place? You know, the culture. Most companies look at bad culture. Understand this. And bad culture is contagious also. And this applies to the church of the living God. Imagine a church, somebody came to visit you. He had been coming for six weeks. Nobody ever said hello to him. I think after some time, the person will decide not to come anymore because there's nobody who cares in this church. Imagine a church who somebody came in for the first time, filled the visitor's form, and that night a telephone call rang him from the church. So, brother such and such, call him by his, 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 the name that he has put in. The way we are thought in the, in the career world is that when you talk to someone for the first time, you use them, address them as Mr. This and That, Mr. You know what, or Mrs. or Miss, whatever. Okay? You don't call somebody by name whom you have not been used to. Correct? Those of you in practice will agree that with me. So you don't call them by name unless you are used to them. However, somebody received the telephone. How are you? And in the form you are putting the name of the wife and the name of the children and so on. How, how about this person? How is this person? How, will you have your form in your hand. Will that person not feel that? How did they know me? I feel the form. But this person has already known me. And you encourage them. I'm sure you enjoy the service. You know, you know. I am. You first introduce yourself. I am such and such a person. You know, whatever you are. You know, and then ask of them, and then ask how they felt in the meeting. Oh, say, oh, we enjoyed the service. And then you say, well, you know, just to give you a call that um, we are praying for you. That one finishes duty. 
the following day somebody else calls and I said, Oh sir, you are, you, are, you attended our service um, uh, you know, yesterday or two days or three days after <clears throat> and said that, Well, I'm very sure that um, you enjoyed the service. Oh yes, I did. Somebody must have called you in the week. Yes, yes, this brother called me. Okay? What will it be if that person who called are connected with the other person? And if the person you are talking to got the name wrong, and this new person said, oh, it must be brother such and so. Oh, yes, that is it, that's him. Look, let me say this to you. Your church will grow. Your business will grow. Customers will come if you treat them like that. Culture. And the culture emanates from the values. It is the values that build the culture. So you must ask yourself, what are our values? In your marriage, ask yourself, in your family, what are our values here? Of our Christian value is standard. All right? And what, is our, what are our behaviors and the right character to achieve the values? And a Christian does not want to do anything that people will say, ah, but you call yourself a Christian. You don't want to do that. That will help you. I will finish with you now in two minutes. I've seen that. Note this. Organizations that establish values and behavior, right behaviors will attract and support differences or inclusiveness. We are a multinational and multicultural church. We don't have... We are... Nigerians, we are Ghanaians, Caribbeans, we are Sierraloneans, we are South Africans, we are Irish, we are Swedish. Why we recognize the, those individuality as a church, at the same time, we must coherently operate and cohesively exist. We must be coherent and cohesive. We should not have a dividing line. Organization that is not able to support differences or inclusiveness will not succeed. But organizations that is able to, to support differences and inclusiveness, you will attract various people because your values are made clear and your values inform your character and behavior and culture if a bad person joins you, it's a matter of time. It will change normally. That has happened in CFT. You know, in CFT, you know, we are, and I love that. Amen. I love it. You know, I don't believe in a church that the, the people put on uh, um, as trainers to church. No, not my God. Not my God. If you are coming for a, an informal meeting, you can do that. The Lord asked me one, told me one day, why did God himself design uniform and specified the type of garment Aaron should wear and he should not wear? Why, did God, why was God so finicky to the, to the area of the touching of colors? Why would God describe the detail of colors and specification? Excuse me. I can say one of the reasons as a human being is because God is cognitive in his reasoning. That's number one. I doubt a little bit about cognitive reasoning. It is the reasoning by which you collect facts and data so that the decisions that will come out from you are called informed decisions. And such decisions cannot fail. It cannot fail. Anywhere you apply to, it will succeed. 
So, if God bless me, and then I wear rags to church, and wear sneakers to church, and then when the queen invites me, I quickly go and buy a brand new suit. Because you can't come to a queen with sneakers. Anybody that she put that sword on, you see them wear sneakers? No, 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 you can't wear sneakers, because even you will feel ashamed of yourself. So when you are coming to the king of kings, it's not to be flamboyant I'm talking about. But to be corporate and reasonable, clean shave, neat, because your appearance has a lot to do with your God. And not only in church, everywhere you go, if you wear casual, it should be smart, casual, clean, neat, not body odored. Coach, I'm talking about. Wash your mouth. Not talking to people and your mouth is smelling. If you have a problem with it, go see a doctor. Let them inject you or do whatever they want to do. <laughs> I don't know what doctors do to that. Pray over it too, so that God can change that odor, can remove it. Because it's not, it's, not, it's not anything compatible with godliness. Your culture. Now let me tell you. And your house should not be a house of dung. It shouldn't be like a dung hill where they do recycling. Amen. Ah, mean. You shouldn't be someone who is neat outside, very flamboyant. You look very neat and, and finicky. And then when we get to the door of your house... The first thing that will come out is an odor that, you know, you are not sensible to it, sensitive to it anymore because it has become part and parcel of you. But others will come in and see it. Junk's all over the place. When your house is junky and, and uh, dirty, I wonder, I, I don't say this, don't, don't, don't quote me, but I wonder how Holy Spirit will feel there. You know, imagine, holy. And spirit. And you are inviting him to your house every day. You call him every day into a dirty place that will not be your culture and so that's why our ushers are cultured how to approach people even when people whine you and they are rude to you you can say take your calm and say serve them as angels do it's not going to be a person an usher somebody who is easily t- tempered no no god will crush that temper before before you usher people so that your behavior from coming, you welcome them with shares, not shouting on them, but welcoming them with shares. Let them feel comfortable, let them feel at home. And that culture will follow you to your office, and that will distinguish you among your colleagues. And when your boss wants to promote, who will he promote? You. Because all these cultures that came out from our values have built you up and transformed you. But let me end up by saying... What I'm telling you involves risk. To take this action, I'm telling you, involves risk. But see, risk-taking and boldness is the essence of transformation. Write that down. Risk-taking and boldness. When you, you are taking risks because you don't know who they are there. You don't know where they are there. You don't know whether there's a man there who is always attacking people. Especially the new person will come, he will just drill him anyhow. You had pastor yesterday when he was in interview, what they were saying, all of them were serious. So he thought they would not give him the job. <laughs> you know. But the whole life of man involves risk taking, isn't it? And what is risk taking in the Bible? Faith. Faith. Jesus said to Peter. Peter saw Jesus walking on the sea. Hey, is he goes, is he goes. Jesus said, No, Peter. Master, is it you? Yes, it's me. Can I come out? Permission to come out. Granted. He jumped into the water and he started walking towards Jesus. Then, ah, 
I'm in the sea. And he began to sink. Then he looked at Jesus. He began to float. I'm in the sea. He was sinking. Faith is what you call risk. The woman with the issue of blood said, if I can touch the hem of his garment. And she defied every odd that could have. But the mirror said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they came to him and said, shut up, you blind man. Take pennies and shut up. It's not for you. He cried the more until his voice was heard on high. Faith is the risk. But it pays well. I will complete this service by saying, have I spoken to you about value and culture? We need to talk about what is our values. Understand that our values determine our culture. So sometimes the word value and culture, they interlock very pursue. These are our values. Love. And you have a motto demonstrating God's power through love. And building overcomers for tomorrow. That's our motto. So our values, one, love. Two, care. Three, power. Four, strength. Five, integrity. Six, transformation. And seven, growth. For growth to happen, you have to abide by the six first core values. Note this, that our values constitute the expression of who we are and the driving force of all our cultures. One of the slogans in CFT is, a praying church is a powerful church. A word church is a strong church. A family caring church is a growing church. They all emanate from the values, which is part of our trajectory or strategy. Now, what is our culture? Our culture that came out of these values is service, engagement, collaboration, transformation, and accountability. Now, service, engagement, collaboration, transformation, and accountability. Next Sunday, I will go further to explain to us how this I intend to explain this so that you can do this for your company, for your personal existence, look at your, co- your organization and you can form, you know, a proper culture. <clears throat> we render services to men, we engage people, we collaborate with like-minded people. We are out to transform everyone that we meet and we are accountable to God first. And to one another. Okay. I've given you a mission statement, isn't it? So we have a vision to transform every man to an overcomer. And a mission to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Our vision, transforming every man to an overcomer. And our mission, to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. I think I will look at that more more closely when we come back next Sunday. We will start from the safety values and culture, and I will tell you the 
strategy or our trajectory of achieving all these aims and then our vision i think i would also reflect to how do you define purpose i've taught that during the week but i'll help you know how to define your purpose purpose for your life you need to define purpose for your marriage you need to define purpose for your organization you need to understand the purpose of the organization and then you need to know how to define your own purpose or realign your own purpose to the purpose of the organization and husband and wife must realign their purposes to one main aim Children must align their purpose to the purpose of the family, and every member of the church must align or realign your purpose with the purpose of this church. Then you will find fulfillment. You will find fulfillment. If you look at what I'm telling you, God helping implementing it, you will discover how life is so easy for Christians. The only business you need to do is to pray. Once you put all this framework in place, you will succeed anywhere. You will not be among those who have special prayer for demons. The demons who carry sword to cut the head, somebody says. The demons who, <coughs> who won't let you eat. I don't know where they see these demons from. The demons who don't let you uh, make decisions. I don't know where they see this from. The demons who are cobwebs and they put cobwebs on your face. I don't see cobwebs in the spiritual before. I don't know where they got all these demons from. People have all manners of names for demons. You, CFT, will not, because you have knowledge. And things will work for you in every dimension. So that the issue you see <clears throat> that confronts you are trial or temptation. And you have been wired to overcome temptation. And you have been equipped to win against trial. To take your stand when the devil raises his ugly head, kick it on the ground. Don't leave him for two minutes. I would mean now. And the Lord who have started with you now, the God of open door, who have opened doors for every one of you, He will grant you the knowledge. He will teach you the way you should go. He will counsel you. You will enter into the new doors that God has made for you. Your age will not be a barrier to you. Because Moses at the age of one hundred and what? Twenty? He did not, his eyes did not grow dim. He started at eighty. Caleb started at eighty. Come on now. It does not matter how old you are in CFT. I haven't seen a one twenty year old man in CFT. I'm looking for one. Maybe one of you, God will give you longevity. You will remain to one twenty years. But know this if the bones of Moses did not quake, your bone will not quake. If you follow righteousness, it pays in everything. It pays in everything. And I celebrate you and I rejoice with every one of you, Christ in Tabernacle globally. I want to say happy thirty first anniversary. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. Will we stand up together and pray? Please, let's rise up together. Can I just say that um, those of you who are watching from all over the world, we want to thank you. I had thought that today I would preach for, I would just teach you for 30 minutes. But however, I think that God wanted me to cover this part of the lecture so that you have something in hand. I think what we will do is that, I think I was saying that with some of, to share that with some of the ministers, every 7 p.m. prayer, I will take a 15 minutes of teaching. That will make me finish. Because this thing I can't finish. If I, if I have to teach you every Sunday for the whole year, we'll be looking at this. I want everything that God helped me to learn, which I know it is in Christ and in the scriptures. 
I want to give it out to all believers. So that if our prayer against the devil reduces, then we can pray about the concern of God, humanity. And we can see revival and transformation in the life of many people. So every prayer, 7 p.m., we'll be doing it. And let me say this. I had announced before that we will not have 7 p.m. prayer today. But I was called to caution that it will break our chain. So 7 p.m. today, we will meet. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Now let us lift up our voices together and just give God praise for today. Thank God for everything God has done for you during this week. Father, we bless and glorify your holy name. We exalt and magnify thee. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you. Thank God for the manifestation of the spiritual which you are going to enter into from next week. Things have happened a lot. Some have testified this week. Some of you are entering to your testimony by tomorrow. What I know is that this week shall be glorious in the midst of Christ's tabernacle. It shall be next to none ever. A great time has come. Doors are open before us. We are walking through it. You will see the manifestation of gift of the Spirit in your lives. You will see turn around in your family, in your finances. Things will work easy for you. It has started happening this week. We had alarming testimonies this week. Father, we bless your holy name. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. Lord, brief prayer I want to pray for your saints is this. You said to me at the beginning of this church, I will build my church, Matthew 16, 18, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I had an encounter of you when you lifted me up and said, say after me, I've lifted you up and the powers of this age will never have dominion over you. Now I say, what you said to me, let it be their portion. Everything I've spoken on this pulpit to these people, Father, I ask you by your sovereign mercy. And I stand upon your covenant promise. Because you are the one who fulfilled promises with, your, with the fathers and to their sons and to their daughters and generations. The promise you made me, the covenant you made with me, Father, let it manifest in everybody. Your children will not deserve the Lord. Your descendant will serve the living God. The glory of heaven will not depart from your life. It will not depart from your children forever. It will not depart from your descendant forever. The powers of this age, <clears throat> even the formation and deception of Lucifer, will not overcome any of your descendants. I decree over you that the journey we have started together, we will end up in paradise together. Even in this world, I have asked the Lord yesterday and I said again, all the encounters that the, heaven, that the Lord has given to me, to be able to see angels, to be able to be taken to heaven, to be in the presence of the Father, may you receive the same unction. I did not fast for it. I did not work for it. God just gave it to me. And I pray to the God of Abraham, who is a covenant-keeping God, that the same grace come upon you. I say to you that because the Lord says that one plant, another, another waters, and God bring increase. Because you are the one who has been engaged in planting and watering in this vineyard, may the Lord give you increase. In your labor of life, you will not die without harvest. 
For all your years of hard labor, or all your years of great labor, all your years of commitment to the Lord, the Lord will, will restore you and He will grant you double in this time. Your eyes are open to see the riches of this world that are hidden in, in place, treasures hidden in, in secret places, and the riches of darkness. And the Lord will bring them to you in the name of Jesus Christ. For your service in this house and for standing with me day and night. Some of you pray for me all the time. Some of you even help me financially. Some of you have committed yourself to various services in the church. Every commitment. <clears throat> I have asked the one who lives forever and ever, my king and my God and maker. He will remember his word, which he said concerning your labor. He says, the man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. Father, according to what these people have committed to my life and to the calling you have called me, Father, Lord, give them reward. Even for coming to church, Father, give them reward. For coming to pray, give them reward. For blessing one another and helping the poor in this church, give them reward. For caring for the need of the sick and the needy, give them reward. And those who have been stretching their hands toward me, Lord, give them reward. The vase of your oil will not be used up. The basket of your grace shall not dry up. Those who have been given their tithe and offering, give them their reward. Let the reward be in accordance with your covenant promise. That your name may be glorified. I open you into a paradise of blessing of God. It will never depart from your life forever. Your bones shall be healed. Your organs shall be healed. Your children shall be blessed. Your generation shall be blessed. Poverty will never be mentioned in your descendants. The powers of Satan will never overcome you. It will never overcome your marriage. It will never overcome your children. Your descendants shall be valiant for God. So shall it be. And so it is. When the Lord will come in His glory, or if we have to go and meet Him before His time, I pray in the name of the Lord of hosts. The one who said in the book of John 17, All the Father has given unto me, nothing take them from me. That by His word you shall be preserved. When the road is called up yonder, you will be there. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You will have ability to do every good thing. You will be disabled from doing bad things. Anything that will bring reproach to God, you will not fall a victim of it. Anything that is lovely, anything that is praiseworthy, anything that is glorifying, anything that is, that is full of praise, <clears throat> that is what will happen to you. So shall it be unto you, and so it is. In Jesus' holy and anointed name we are praying. Put your hands together for the King of Heaven. God bless you. Happy anniversary.